0: Today on Locked on White Sox, I will be talking to you about the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good of the White Sox lineup compared to the rest of the AL Central. The bad, the MLB lockout, it's currently ongoing and there is no end in sight. And finally, the ugly. You saw it all last year, it's the White Sox defense. This is Locked on Sox.
1: You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to Locked On Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. We're free and available on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find us there at Locked On Sox or by searching Locked On White Sox. My name is Sean Anderson. I'm the host of Locked On White Sox. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore w underscore anderson today is monday march 7th it is a monday mailbag you can call in and participate at three one two five six six eight seven two seven, or by writing in to locked socks at gmail.com today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts again today is a monday mailbag We'll be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly surrounding the Chicago White Sox. The good, well, compared to the AL Central, there isn't a better lineup. We'll talk about that on today's episode and what that means for the Sox. Then the bad, well, there's still lockout going on. They haven't figured that out. The players are still locked out. The owners and players have not been able to reach to a new agreement, a new CBA, so we are still locked out with the looming threat of more games being canceled. When that will happen, I don't know, but it seems like it's coming sooner and sooner. And then finally, we'll talk about the ugly. Like I mentioned in the intro, if you watched the Sox in 2021, you knew one thing was very ugly on the field, and that was the defense. We'll see if they can improve it in 2022. There are some numbers that, you know, say that they can. Is it a lofty goal? Is it a lofty hope? Yes. Do they need it to win the AL Central? Eh, probably not, but we'll discuss it a little bit later on. In the episode. Now, before we get into the good of the White Sox lineup compared to the AL Central, and trust me, it's really good, uh, I want to talk to you about something that's really good in my life, uh, a new development in my life. And I teased this on Friday, but I am now the content creator for the White Sox content creator and the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast for CHGO. It is a new sports media outlet started by brandon spano he started it out in denver first called it dnvr along with uh, my guy rk and then they moved out to phoenix they started a new you know company out there basically did what they did in denver out in phoenix and now they're doing what they did in denver what what worked out in denver what worked out in phoenix and now they're doing it in chicago and they are looking to be inclusive they are trying to get people who talk like you and me about your favorite teams and try to cover it the way that you would like it to be covered. We are trying to be inclusive. We're trying to just be an addition to your day. If you're looking for more White Sox content, if you're looking for more Bears, Bulls, Hawks, Sox, uh, whatever team we're covering it all, check us out. AllCHGO.com is how you can figure us out. Uh, You can follow them on Twitter at CHGO underscore sports. And you can follow our Sox page at CHGO underscore White Sox. We'll be live 2 to 3 p.m every monday through friday so i hope you can join us and it's me vinnie duber and guess who i'm no I'll, I'll, I'll let you guess i'll let you guess i'm gonna cover up this uh, cubs logo back here that's popping out on a jacket uh, no, come on just t- take a couple g- guesses no it's not frank caliendo that's a good guess uh, no no not not former president barack obama it's it's herb lawrence your guy it's it's your guy herb lawrence he's back the former host of lockdown white Sox, the guy i replaced along with Chris uh, me and me and Herb are, are, t- are teaming up. Me, Herb and Vinny are the team on the CHGO White Sox beat for CHGO. And again, Monday through Friday, we'll be live 2 to 3 p.m. at least for the next week on YouTube. So again, check us out, CHGO. Very exciting news. Very, 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 very fun. And it's just another place where we get to talk White Sox, which again, I talk it every damn day. I talk. This is my job. Lockdown White Sox. We talk. We cover your team each and every day. Here I am covering your team each and every day. And I love it. It's so much fun. You talk about a job. And they say when you're having fun, it's not really work. Right? And that's how I feel. I was, I was there on Thursday and Friday. And, you know, I, I, it was so much fun. So I hope you can join us. Allchgo.com is where you can join us. But now. Let's get into the business, your Chicago White Sox. And this is something that we've been doing. We talked about this on Monday, last Monday, with the Chicago White Sox starting rotation. Wednesday, we had a little bit of a break because I was screaming in my car about the MLB lockout. And then on Friday, I talked about the White Sox bullpen compared to the rest of the AL Central. So far, the rotation and bullpen, they're first in the AL Central. Now we get to talk about the lineup, how the White Sox lineup compares to the rest of the AL Central. And I know it's going to be shocking to you The team that almost won it in 2020, the AL Central, and won it in 2021, they do have the best lineup in the AL Central. That's how they won it. It's pretty easy so far for me. Uh, I don't don't really have to go too in-depth on why the White Sox are so good. It's not even really a competition. You look at all the stats, and the the White Sox are usually top 10 in most of the big batting stats, and you look at all the other teams, Cleveland, Minnesota, KC, and uh, Detroit, and they're, they're, they're pretty low. And the only team that's somewhat close, somewhat competitive is Minnesota. We'll talk about the Minnesota Twins. We'll talk about the Cleveland team. And uh, we'll we'll kind of ignore Detroit and Kansas City because they have a decent lineup. We saw Detroit's power, uh, as my guy Herb Lawrence uh, refers to him as. And I think Chris Tannehill came up with the nickname Honus Haas. Uh, I think it's Eric or Ethan Haas on the uh, Tigers. Like, we know that there's some power. They just signed Javi Baez. But the main competition, in my mind is Minnesota and Cleveland. So we'll talk about the White Sox compared to them. But I first want to talk about the White Sox compared to themselves. I think people felt a little bit disappointed in the White Sox lineup in 2021, just because you saw the power in the Sox in 2022. And that kind of faded away. You look at the home run totals. Sox were 19th in the MLB in 2021 in home runs. In 2020, they were third in the MLB. And yes, it was a 60 game season in 2020, 162 in 2021. So. You know, a lot more can happen, you know, small sample size in 2020, but the thing that I really took away, especially looking at the stats, and I don't know if this is on Tony LaRussa. I don't know if this is on Frank Minakino, I don't know if it's because they add Andrew Vaughn, I don't know if it's because Yasmani Grandal became, you know, so much better at the plate. I'm not really sure why this happened, but if you look at, and I'm sorry for uh, taking those sips of water, but I'm, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. Um, But if you look at the other stats, you look at the walk rate, K rate, isolated power, average on-base percentage, slugging, weighted runs created plus, and war, I think you can make the case that the 2021 White Sox were actually a better hitting team than the 2020 White Sox. Just because, again, I don't think that the sample size was big enough to get a true look at who the Sox were in 2020. I don't think the Sox would have been third in the MLB in 2020 uh, in, in home runs if they continued this. Uh, or if they played 162 games. I don't think the Sox would have finished you know, third in the MLB in home runs in 2020. I think they would have fell off a little bit of a cliff. They were perfect against left-handed hitting in 2020. They weren't perfect in 2021 uh, against left-handed pitching. But they were very, very good. Uh, and, and I think that just shows, again, over a long season, you're going to have ups and downs. No matter who you face, that's baseball. But let's get into the stats you know, the White Sox K rate, they went from 24th in 2020. I'm sorry, this is walk rate. They went from 24th in walk rate in 2020 to 4th in 2021. In K rate, they they're had the 6th highest, uh, highest K rate in the MLB in 2020. Uh, in, in 2021, they had the 12th lowest. Uh, so big change there going from, you know, taking a lot more walks, taking a lot less strikeouts. They were more patient. They were just selecting better. Uh, up at the plate. I really loved the patience that the Sox showed uh, this year. It was very uh, mature. It was, a, it was a mature approach from the Sox, which I thought was very exciting to see. You compare the isolated power, and this you know goes hand in hand with the home runs, third in the MLB in 2020 in home runs, 19th in 2021. And then you look at isolated power, which is basically like slugging percentage, but take away the singles. So it's basically, you know, what did this team do? You know, uh, doubles, triples, and home runs. Like, what was that number? And isolated power in 2020, the Sox were fifth in the MLB. And then isolated power, they were 16th in 2021. So the Sox fell off a little bit there in power, but they were better on average. They went from sixth to fifth. In OBP, they went from 12th to third. In slugging percentage, they went down from fifth to 10th. But you're still a top 10 slugging team in the league. You're still isolated power. I mean, you're not, you know, what was it? Sixth, you you go to sixth or fifth. You, you can go from fifth to 16th. Uh, you know, you're still a little bit under half right there of the league. You're not the top half of the league in isolated power. But I think, especially with Eloy being out, those numbers can change. I mean, Eloy wasn't here for a large majority of the season. Robert was out from April to August 14th or something like that, or early August, I think. So, And you look at what Robert did after he came back. He had 12 home runs. He had one home run in the first 25 games he played. And then I think in the last 43, he hit 12. So I think the Sox power can come back. Andrew Vaughn's going to get better. Gavin Sheets can get better. And I think also, too, this is why we keep talking about it as White Sox fans. The White Sox need to add more power. They need to add another bat. They need to add, in my mind, Kyle Schwarber. This team needs to add a better hitter. I think that there's something to say about when you look at the postseason, the the way it's gone the past two couple of uh, years in, in Oakland ending in the first round and the Astros ending in the first round. You could see that the Sox are are missing something. I think they're missing a big bat. Abreu has been a little bit disappointing. Again, very small sample size. They've only played seven games in the postseason. But the two guys that I think have really shown up for the Sox in back-to-back seasons are Tim Anderson, who's hitting 500 basically, in his postseason career, and Luis Robert. Those are the two guys that have shown up in the postseason. And I just think that the Sox need to truly add more talent to this team because if they want to be a world series contender th- that's that's what they need they, they're fine they, they've shown you that they can handle the al central with the lineup they currently have but the power is something that truly made this team special in 2020 and i think if they keep the same approach and add a little bit more power then you have a true true powerhouse on your hand Now, I don't want to disrespect Minnesota and Cleveland, so we'll get to them, but I first have to tell you about the new official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network and of Locked On White Sox. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, coverage, and information. Head to the website today. Again, it's BetOnline.net, or use your mobile device to go to BetOnline.net to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Lockdown MLB Prospects host, Lindsey Crosby, is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, as I teased there, I'm going to be talking about the Minnesota and Cleveland lineups. I do think the White Sox have the best lineup in the American League Central, and I kind of want to give you the other teams that are competing with them and, and give you the idea of what we're going up against, what the Sox are going up against. Minnesota, they're definitely an interesting team, but you look at their stats last year and, you know, their best hitter who played 100 games was Josh Donaldson. And he's getting up in age, 124 rated runs, created plus, basically saying he's 25% better than the rest of the league at creating runs. So Josh Donaldson's still performing even at his older age. He's aging gracefully, I'd have to say. There was a little bit of a hiccup there. Uh, between when he left Toronto, but it seems like now in Minnesota, he's finding a hitch. Um, so that's dangerous for the Sox, but again, he's not terrifying. I, I'm not too afraid of him being their best hitter. I think you can make the argument that Byron Buxton is their best player. That's it's really not even an argument with his age, his, his uh, potential, his ceiling. But the big thing with him is injuries. I mean, you look at his performance last year. He was great. 169 weighted runs created plus plus. war in 61 games. That's absolutely ridiculous. But Byron Buxton has had injury concerns his entire career. 46 games played in 2015. 2016 played 92 games. Uh, 2017 played 140. That was great for him. 2018, 28 games. 2019, 87 games. 2020, they played 60. He played 39. And in 2021, played 61 out of 162. So, you know, with, with Minnesota... The guy I have to be afraid of might not even be playing in the series against the Sox. Like, I mean, I hope the best for Buxton. He's such a fun player to watch. And, you know, I'm not I'd rather the White Sox have their best players going up against Minnesota's best players. So I, I wouldn't want to see the Sox not play Byron Buxton. But if I have to be realistic here, I'm not afraid of Minnesota. Their best players are Josh Donaldson, who's aging. And if we can compare the Sox lineup, you give me Josh Donaldson, I'll throw out Jose Abreu. Those probably cancel out. You give me Luis Robert and, and, and Byron Buxton, I'll take Luis Robert. Thank you very much. Where do they match up? You give me Mitch Garver, I'll give you Yasmani Grandal. The Sox, that's their biggest competition, lineup-wise, is, is Minnesota. There is no competition in my mind. The White Sox have the best lineup in the AL Central, and it's fun to say. It's really fun to say. Detroit's up and coming. Kansas City's up and coming. Cleveland's not spending money. They might have the best player and best hitter in the division, Jose Ramirez, but outside of that, they got nothing. They got absolutely nothing. And I just think, especially with the Sox pitching, like there, it shouldn't be a competition this year. And there's a lot of hardworking guys on all these teams. Detroit showed last year that they don't give up, that they're coached hard and managed hard, and that all those guys are trying their best to be the best players that they can be. Uh, but talent-wise, the Sox show out. And it's not close. And and they have the best rotation, best bullpen, and best lineup, and it's not close. And they might be adding to it still. The Sox are dangerous, and the Sox should be a World Series contender. However, for that to happen, we need an MLB season. And this is a Monday mailbag. You can participate at 312-566-8727 or by writing in at lockdownsox at gmail.com. I want to go out to our good friend Mark in the Park to get a vibe check uh, from fans on what you guys are feeling, right? How is this lockout affecting you, the fans? Because obviously it's affecting owners. They don't have people in their stadiums. It's affecting players. They don't have a paycheck because they're not playing games. And I understand that it's not our game that they're, they're, you know, they're bargaining between each other. The owners need to play, pay the, the players and the players want to be paid. It doesn't really affect the, the fans in a way. Like there, There's no promise of baseball that's, that's not in the law. There doesn't need to be a baseball season. But it is important to me how you guys are affected. So, let's go out to my guy, Mark in the park.
2: Sean, Mark in Litchfield Park. I love the last show, love the passion. Um, I don't know if you want to use this on your show or not, but I've talked about being a Sox fan my entire life, and that started with my grandfather taking me to doubleheaders. You know, every time the Sox were in town on on Sundays, you know, they had doubleheader every month, and uh, we went all the time. I went with him and without him to the ballpark, he died when I was sixteen, and so that stopped, but I kept going to the ballpark on my own in his honor. The last time I was in Sox ballpark in Chicago was two thousand and nineteen, and that was for my grandson's first ball game, along with my son, my daughter, my grandson's paternal grandfather, uh my grandson's paternal great grandfather, and uh my grandson's maternal. Great uh grandfather. So it's four generations of people who have poured a lot of money into that ballpark and into certain people's pockets. So, you know, you have every right to be pissed off, and I'm pissed off too. I've had about enough. Uh This is total garbage. And the game that Rob Manfred's trying to run on us, I ain't playing. I ain't playing. Honestly, he can kiss d- So, thanks, Sean.
0: Mark, you call in and say you're a curmudgeon that people won't, you know, sell you their house. Yet you're telling me about these family outings <laughs> where you have just both sides of uh, of your families coming together to celebrate your grandson's first baseball game. That's heartwarming, Mark. What? Do you, come on, you are you. I've told you this before. You're you're a sweetheart. That, that's a, a great memory. Thank you for sharing. Uh, rest in peace to your grandfather too. I mean, that's. Uh, I, I've had. A little bit of an interesting relationship with my grandparents and uh, uh, baseball. Uh, my one grandfather is from Ireland, and they didn't have baseball over there. Uh, but one thing I remember him doing for me was in his backyard, he built me this PVC pole. And uh, there was this baseball that had, uh, you know, string on top and a string on bottom. And you could strap it to the PVC pole. And, you know, basically, it's just uh, not hack uh, it, not, hacky, uh, not um, racquetball. Um, not hand is it handball? Handball, right? The the ball that's on a stick and you just hit it back and forth and it spins around. I think you understand. Same idea with the baseball. It'd wrap around the pole and then it'd spin back, and you know, it'd give you a decent amount of velocity, and then you'd be able to work on your swing. So, shout out to my Irish grandpa. I don't know if he understood baseball. He probably learned it in the, the couple of years, the 20 years before I was born, but uh, you know, shout out to him for 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 doing that for me. And my other grandpa, uh, my grandpa, uh, I don't I don't know if he's big into sports. I've tried talking to him, but I've never gone to a game. Uh, so it's cool that you have that memory. And I'm glad that you had those 16 years with your grandfather. Um, it's interesting, too, to have think about a world where the Sox are doing double headers because a baseball is not being played right now. But also, you know, you think about today's society and it's all about making sure that you have the best TV ratings. They wouldn't put two baseball games on on the same day because one one of those games is not being watched. Uh, or, or either you're you're tuning into the first three innings and you're gonna tune out after, you know, if the game starts to become blowout, um, or or if it's just boring, right? They're not even gonna have starters in, in both of those games if they're playing a the double header. You know, Abreu might play the first head and then and then he might be out in the second one. Uh Tim might be out, you know, playing in the first game and out in the second. It it's so different. Uh and it, it is crazy to think about the way baseball's changed in you know, 50 years just with technology. And I'm not, I'm not trying to call you old Mark. Um, but like, just to think about how TV and, and how that now controls baseball. The reason you're not getting baseball right now is because of the deal they have with Fox Sports. Um, all the, and, and, and the, you know, you might not get the first 25 of uh, games of the regular season because the owners don't have to pay back the RSNs, the cable companies, uh, if 25 games or less are missed. So if they miss 25 games, the MLB doesn't have to pay back these cable providers who paid for an MLB package. Um, but if, you know, we missed 26 games, then owners are going to have to start paying back. So, I, I don't know. I think it's funny that you have that memory of Sunday double headers, and now the MLB is just against that. They, they don't want you to have a full day of baseball. They don't want you to have these great memories. They want you to remember you spending March 6th in your house and not being at Glendale. It's, it's not about the fans. It's about the owners and their greediness. And it makes me sick, Mark. I've been the host of Locked On White Sox now for over three months. And something that I've been consistently amazed at is the amount of flavors that Built has. I'm on built.com and let's just run through these. I've talked to you about the Built Bar Puffs, they are the first ever protein infused. Marshmallow, and let's talk about these flavors: banana cream pie, cinnamon churro, lemon dip cheesecake, ruby chocolate, coconut marshmallow, and the cool thing is, you can get a mix box. If you'd like to try the three flavors of banana cream pie, cinnamon churro, and coconut marshmallow, you can. They got a box designed just for you. Or if you want to try the regular bar, they have cookies and cream, salted caramel, double chocolate, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, cherry barcia, and caramel. Almond Delight, and that one's on sale, and you can get a mixed box of that, or you can build your own box, and that's the thing that you know really is the best about Built Bar. If you are trying to cater your snacks, you can with Built Bar. Go to built.com. You can see all of these flavors or the macros chart. You can see that all Built Bars or most Built Bars are 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Not only are these healthy but they also taste delicious. Go to built.com, use promo code locked15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is 15% off using the promo code locked15 at built.com. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. And I could tell you from firsthand experience that I could have. You can save. 30%, 50%, or even 100% for the same parts that you will buy at a chain store. I find that I found that out when I bought a windshield wiper pump for $30. And this was before Rock Auto was a sponsor. And then when they became a sponsor, I went to rockauto.com and I realized I could have saved 92% on that windshield wiper pump. I paid 30 in store and it took me 10 minutes to get that part. And I found my part on Rock Auto for $11 In under a minute, it is fast and it is easy to use. Rock Auto, they have been serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy to use website today and find your solution to your auto parts need. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available. Again, you'll save 30, 50, even 100% more for these parts than at your local chain store. Right, Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, let's talk about the ugly now, the White Sox fielding. And we're going to go straight to the source. We're going to go straight to our guy, Rick Hahn, the general manager of the Chicago White Sox, to see how he would reevaluate the 2021 White Sox defense. And a big part of my you know, biggest yeah, uh, my biggest qualms with the Sox defense is their shifting percentage. If you look at these Sox and hey, if you want to talk about the shift or not, if it's good or not for baseball, that's fine. They're doing that uh, in the lockout right now. It looks like the owners are looking to ban the shift in 2023. We'll see what happens. I don't know. But right now it's a part of the game and the White Sox are not using it as effectively as they could. If you look at Statcast, one of my favorite uh, websites, baseballsavant.mlb.com, you can compare the White Sox shifting from 2020 to 2021. And obviously that's important because Ricky Renteria was the manager in 2020 and Tony LaRusso was the manager in 2021. So, you know, what are their different shifting strategies? What is their different philosophies? And if you look at the White Sox in 2020, they shifted 29.3% of the time, and if you look at the White Sox in 2021, that 29.3% went all the way down to 20.3%, and that percentage gives them the fourth lowest in the MLB, and in 2020, they had the, let's see, the 22nd highest shift percentage, so they went from, what, eighth eighth lowest in the league to fourth lowest in the league, so there was a change, but the thing that I you know, stuck out to me the most was how Rick Hahn evaluates the team. This is the guy that's putting the team to get together, so, you know, what does he think? I I can have all my opinions and thoughts, but Rick Hahn, and this is, I know this is a leap uh, of a thought here, Rick Hahn does know more about baseball than me, so uh, shout out to Rick Hahn, but here's something that he said about what the change in uh, the shift percentage and, and why the Sox shifted less. I was going to read it, but I, I think I can find the, the audio, so here's Rick Hahn
1: talking about it. The goal is to convert balls in play into outs. You, when you look at our shift number, I think I'm not sure where you said we ranked. I actually had seen something from Baseball Info Solutions that had us actually 30th in total number of shifts last year, just in gross number of shifts. That said, we were a ninth in terms of net ball hits saved as a result of shifting. That number is the number of balls that you get to because of the shift and turn into outs minus the number of hits that you give up because you were out of position, so to speak, those ground balls to where the shortstop should have been. Uh, So even though we did not have a high percentage or high gross number of shifts, we actually were in the top third of the league in terms of effectiveness when we did the ninth total number, the ninth highest total of net outs. Uh, So there's, there's, there's a sweet spot to hit. We may not necessarily be there because obviously being better Being ninth isn't being first, so perhaps with some more shifting, we could increase that number, but obviously you do too many shifts, then you're going to start giving up too many hits in areas where you would have been covering had you not shifted. The previous year, 2020, we were 20th in the league in net number of shifts, and also I believe seventh or we were in the top 10 in terms of that net out number. The year before that, we were middle of the pack in terms of shifts. And we were also in the top 10 in terms of that net out number. Uh, The decision to shift is obviously driven somewhat or large part by getting those outs. But keep in mind, it's also about how your pitching plan is going to approach that opposing offense. You can't shift guys based on historically where the ball has gone if you aren't going to attack them from a pitching standpoint in a way that's going to lead to them hitting into that shift. So those two things have to align, which means the defensive game planning in terms of positioning has to match what the pitchers and the catchers and Ethan and his group are recommending in terms of the ability to get a guy out. Long story short at this point, uh, from an effectiveness standpoint, despite the limited number of shifts, all that worked better than it did for two thirds of the league doesn't mean we can't improve on that. And it is something that we've talked about and we'll continue to talk about, especially come next spring, but it's a matter of getting all of that aligned to get that gross number of out number as high as possible. So again, I don't, long story short, if that's possible, don't let the 30th number be the only one you look at. You got to look at how the outs are converted based upon those shifts. And yes, there's still some room for improvement, but that 30th number is, is, in itself, misleading.
0: And that's Rakan on the topic of shifting. And the big thing I want you to take away from there is that the White Sox were 30th in total shifts, I believe, at least in the number that uh, Rick was going off of. I have them as, as 26th on, on StatCast, uh, but that was percentage wise percentage of shifts. Uh, so they're fourth to last in percentage of shifts. They might be last in total amount of shifts. Um, but he was saying that they were the ninth best at converting the shift into outs. And we talked about this before. This is one of the things that I was really talking about early on in the Locked On White Sox podcast back in December was, again, I think it's so stupid, and not, not saying that Rick is saying something stupid, but it, it would be so stupid if the White Sox are like, and Rick did say in there that there can be improvement made. Um, so I'm not saying that Rick isn't isn't aware of this, um, but I hear that, and it's like, if, if you are the ninth best team at turning the shift into outs why wouldn't you use it more if you have a top 10 weapon if you have a top 10 advantage why wouldn't you use it more is it just because of a small sample size like in the top 10 you obviously were the team that shifted the least amount um but you know what was that true difference was was the amount like crazy i mean i i would compare it to a pitcher right you know, a, a guy with a three ERA that pitches 200 innings, I mean, that's a guy that you want on your team. That's a guy that is getting so many outs for you consistently and only giving up three runs every nine innings, right? That's that's great. You talk about the, 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 the amount there. Um, but that's why when you look at a guy who has like 20 innings pitched and a .96 ERA, it's like, okay, well, there wasn't a big enough sample size there. I just wonder, like, are the Sox truly, you know, on top of the shifting game, if they shifted more, would they be still as effective as they are? I, I, I don't know. Um, it's nice to see Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson's improved every single year defensively. But outside of that, um, and outside of the, the, the beast that is 88 in center field, I don't know if the Sox have an above average defender at a, at a normal position. Um, Adam Ingle obviously has a fantastic glove, but what's his health like and how many games realistically is he going to play? Um, Because, you know, bat wise, they might like Andrew Vaughn better. They might like Gavin Sheets better. We're not really sure. They might like Michael Conforto or Kyle, Kyle Schwarber or Jorge Soler or Nicholas Castellanos better in right field because of their bat. We're not sure. But Adam Engel right now, you know, great glove off the bench. But starter wise, Luis Robert, Tim Anderson and Yohan Moncada are your above average defenders. And you know stats you could argue that Eloy was above average last year. he had one defensive run saved and I think one out above average, so he wasn't negative um but I don't know again, sample wise if Eloy can keep that up. I've always loved Eloy's athleticism. I thought that he has shown that he can be you know quick, speedy out there, but it's about the i q and you know does he feel comfortable and natural out there? I don't know, and hey. Abreu was good in 2020. Abreu showed improvements with the glove, but numbers-wise, overall, this team really lacked. You look at defensive runs saved, um, the, the, the the total, total amount uh, of defensive runs saved. Uh, the White Sox were third to last in the MLB. Negative 40 defensive runs saved. Phillies were last in minus 45. Yankees were second to last in minus 41. And the White Sox were at minus 40 in defensive runs saved. Um, the only team you know that made the playoffs with the worst defensive run saved is the Yankees. Uh, and, and the other team that was close, um, not the Orioles, not the Angels, not the Athletics, was the Mariners. Uh, the Mariners had minus one. So, I mean, if you're in that double-digit negative, yeah, you're in a bad spot defensively. <laughs> so the Sox right now, I, I would say, are in a, Bad, bad spot defensively. I would say they probably have the worst fielding in the league because the only team that really compared to them in their division, or I'm sorry, not worst worst fielding in the, the, the league, but worst fielding in their division in the American League Central. Um, I think they have the worst fielding in, in the American League Central, and the, the only team that's close to them uh, would be the Tigers. And what did the Tigers do this year? They added Javi Baez. I don't love Javi Baez with a bat, but the one thing that that guy can do is he's, he's El Mago, you know, shout out to Zach Zaidman, my guy. Uh, He's the magician. He's, he's the guy with the glove. So, you know, I'm not really high on the White Sox defense, but in the end of the day, I think they have good enough pitching, a good enough lineup, a good enough bullpen. And that's why I think, you know, you're not going to change this defense. I think the defense is fine enough. You need to add a bat. And that's what we were talking about in the first thing with the lineup is, you know, this team needs to be able to punish teams. Yeah, I, I don't think that, you know, you're going to be able to you know defend them and you're going to be able to have, you know, ground balls in the infield and you're going to be able to play a small ball game. You're going to need to win on strikeouts and home runs. So let's get these home runs going up. That's the big takeaway here is you're not going to be able to play small ball, Tony La Russa, you know, sacrifice bunts left and right. You're going to need to hit the ball at the ballpark and, and, and set guys down one, two, three. So. I, I, I don't know. I don't love the defense. I don't, I don't love it. I don't know if it's going to get any better, but I don't know if, it's, if it needs to get better. I don't think that is the White Sox biggest need because, again, the, the game is so much about those three true outcomes, strikeouts, walks, and home runs. You just got to be the best at that in my, in my mind at this point. And, and I think the White Sox can do that uh, through free agency. But we will see uh, when that can even happen because there's a lockout. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Our next episode, it's a big one. It's a big week, honestly. Nick Morawski of the Good Guys Talk Back podcast is going to be here on Wednesday. We're talking about his great thing. Him and Pat Hester of Good Guys Talk Back are doing some trivia out in Blue Island on March 10th and 24th. And not only is it trivia, it's White Sox trivia. So we'll be talking about Nick, about, uh, we'll be talking to Nick about that great, uh, you know, time out there on on, on Friday, on on March 10th. So we'll tell you about it. We'll tell you, we'll give you all the information uh, so you can go and participate on March 10th out in Blue Island. And I said March 10th uh, saying that was Friday. I think that's a Thursday. So my bad on that. And then also on Friday, on Thursday, my bad. So on Thursday, there's also going to be the 108 tourney announcement The number one seeds were already revealed. But on Friday, I have an interview with Beef Loaf of the 108. So you're going to get Nick Murowski of the Good Guys Talk back on uh, Wednesday. We'll talk about White Sox trivia on March 10th in Blue Island. And then on Friday, we'll talk about the 108 tourney that will be announced on March 10th with Beef Loaf. Thank you again for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Now make your second listen Lockdown MLB, Paul Francis Sullivan please call him Sully brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sean Anderson. Thank you so much for listening. And again, check out CHGO. That's where I am. The new white Sox head of, or not head of content creation. Uh, just that's Kevin Kadick's, uh title. Uh, I am now the, uh, I'm a content creator for CHGO white Sox and the CHGO white Sox beat. So come and join us there again this week. 2 to 3 p.m. on the C H G O YouTube channel, Herb Lawrence, Vinny Duber and I will be live giving you some White Sox talk. Thank you and I will talk to you on Wednesday here on Lockdown Sox.